Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about pneumothorax. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash pneumothorax or in the cardiothoracic surgery section of the Zero to Finals surgery book. So let's get straight into it. A pneumothorax occurs when air gets into the pleural space, separating the lung from the chest wall. It can occur spontaneously or secondary to trauma, medical interventions, which is known as iatrogenic, or lung pathology. The typical patient in exams is a tall, thin young man presenting with sudden breathlessness and pleuritic chest pain, possibly while playing sports. So what are the causes of pneumothorax? Well, the causes are spontaneous pneumothorax, trauma, iatrogenic, for example, due to a lung biopsy, mechanical ventilation, or central line insertion, and lung pathologies such as infection, asthma, or COPD. Let's talk about the investigations. An erect chest x-ray is the investigation of choice for diagnosing a simple pneumothorax. A chest x-ray will show an area between the lung tissue and the chest wall where there are no lung markings. There will be a line demarcating the edge of the lung where the lung markings end and the pneumothorax begins. Measuring the size of the pneumothorax on a chest x-ray can be done according to the BTS or British Thoracic Society guidelines from 2010. This involves measuring horizontally from the lung edge to the inside of the chest wall at the level of the hilum. A CT scan can detect a pneumothorax that's too small to be seen on a chest x-ray. It can also be used to accurately assess the size of the pneumothorax. Let's talk about management. The acute management here is based on the 2010 guidelines from the British Thoracic Society. Always check the latest local and national guidelines and consult with seniors when you're managing patients. Patients with no shortness of breath and less than a 2cm rim of air on the chest x-ray don't require any treatment as most will spontaneously resolve, but it is recommended that they have follow-up in 2-4 to four weeks. Patients who do have shortness of breath or more than a 2cm rim of air on the chest x-ray require aspiration of the air from the pleural cavity followed by reassessment. When aspiration fails twice, a chest drain is required. Patients who are unstable or have bilateral or secondary pneumothoraces generally require a chest drain. Let's talk in more detail about chest drains. Chest drains are inserted into an area called the triangle of safety. This triangle is formed by the fifth intercostal space or the inferior nipple line the mid-axillary line or the lateral edge of the latissimus dorsi muscle and the anterior axillary line or the lateral edge of the pectoralis major muscle. The needle is inserted just above the rib in order to avoid the neurovascular bundle that runs just below the rib. Once a chest drain is inserted, a chest x-ray is required to check the positioning. The external end of the drain is placed underwater which creates a seal to prevent air from flowing back through the drain into the chest. Air can exit the chest cavity and bubble through the water but the water prevents air from re-entering into the drain and into the chest. 
During normal respiration, the water in the drain will rise and fall due to changes in pressure in the chest, and this is described as swinging. When a chest drain is successfully treating a pneumothorax, air will bubble through the fluid in the drain bottle. There will be swinging of the water with respiration. On a repeat chest x-ray, there will be re-inflation of the lung tissue. If these things don't occur, there may be a problem with the drain, such as a blocked or kinked tube, incorrect positioning in the chest, or not properly connecting the drain to the bottle. Once the pneumothorax resolves, there should be no further bubbling in the drain bottle. The swinging of the water with respiration will also decrease. There are two key complications of chest drains to remember, and these are air leaks around the drain site, indicated by persistent bubbling of the fluid, particularly on coughing, and surgical emphysema, which is also known as subcutaneous emphysema, which is where air collects in the subcutaneous tissues under the skin. Let's talk about the surgical management of a pneumothorax. Patients may require surgical interventions when a chest drain fails to correct the pneumothorax, there's a persistent air leak in the drain, or the pneumothorax reoccurs. Video-assisted thoracoscopic surgery, or VATS, can be used to correct the pneumothorax. The surgical options are abrasive pleurodesis, which involves direct physical irritation of the pleura, chemical pleurodesis, using chemicals such as talc powder to irritate the pleura, or pleurectomy, which is removal of the pleura. Abrasive or chemical pleurodesis involves creating an inflammatory reaction in the pleural lining so that the pleura stick together and the pleural space becomes sealed. This prevents further pneumothoraces from developing. Finally, let's talk about tension pneumothorax. A tension pneumothorax is caused by trauma to the chest wall that creates a one-way valve that lets air in but does not let air out of the pleural space. The one-way valve means that during inspiration air is sucked into the pleural space and then during expiration the air is trapped in the pleural space. Therefore more air keeps getting drawn into the pleural space with each breath and the air cannot escape. This is dangerous as it creates pressure inside the thorax that will push the mediastinum across, kink the big vessels in the mediastinum and cause cardiorespiratory arrest. There are a few key signs of a tension pneumothorax and these are tracheal deviation away from the side of the pneumothorax, reduced air entry on the affected side, increased resonance to percussion on the affected side, tachycardia and hypotension or a low blood pressure. Let's talk about management of a tension pneumothorax. There's a very specific management sentence that you need to learn and recite in your exams. And this is, insert a large bore cannula into the second intercostal space in the midclavicular line. When a tension pneumothorax is suspected, it's important not to wait for any investigations before inserting a cannula to relieve the pressure. Once the pressure is relieved with the cannula, a chest drain can be inserted in order to provide definitive management. So thanks for listening to this episode on pneumothorax. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing this podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about heart and lung transplants.